Dozens of pending lawsuits around the country involve Donald Trump. There are cases involving alleged, alleged fraud by Trump University. There are suits by members of his Florida golf course demanding refunds. There is a fight with two celebrity chefs who pulled out of one of his hotel projects. And then there are the potential legal fights possibly involving the multiple women who have accused him of sexual misconduct. Yesterday, his lawyers in one of the Trump University cases asked a federal judge to delay the trial until next year, while attorneys for the plaintiffs urged that the case go forward. The last thing we need right now is uh, to have a trial uh, about events that occurred six years ago or seven years ago um, in which Mr. Trump, President-elect Trump, uh, is a personal defendant. And here are the plaintiff's lawyers. Now's the time to do this trial. Our clients have been waiting, you know, for six and a half years. Uh, many of them are senior citizens. So how will all that litigation affect the Trump presidency? Can it be managed? With us to discuss that are Robert Bennett, a partner at Hogan Lovells. He was President Clinton's lawyer in the Paula Jones sexual harassment lawsuit that went all the way to the Supreme Court and triggered a chain of events that led to Clinton's impeachment. And Michael Gerhardt, a professor at the University of North Carolina School of Law. Bob Bennett, there's so much I want to ask you about all of this, but let's start briefly with the bottom, kind of the bottom line and then try to drill into the specifics. Is all this private litigation manageable or will it inevitably be a major demand on the new president's time and or, and or a major distraction for him? Well, I think the answer to that is yes. Uh, litigation is quite burdensome, civil litigation. And I was uh, unable to convince the Supreme Court in the Clinton case. Uh, so the answer clearly is yes, unless the courts who are handling the particular litigation are very deferential to his schedule, which uh, I think they, they really have to be. Michael, one question that's going to come up if, in fact, he has to litigate these things and they're not too deferential to him is, is it better to do the, get these all out of the way early, get them out, as many out of the way as possible before he becomes president, or should these be postponed a while to let him get his feet wet as president, at least, before he has to deal with the litigation? I'm, I'm not sure either of those is, is going to turn out to be um, as, as critical a question as simply trying to follow the schedule that the court has already set up um, and then trying to manage um, process or procedure and discovery and everything else. Um, and as Mr. Bennett just pointed out, uh, and as Clinton versus Jones, the Supreme Court itself said, um, this is all going to come down to sort of the trial judge's ability and really authority to be able to manage the procedure and, and uh, of, of the particular cases that, um, that we're talking about. So it's going to come down to probably individual cases and how the judges in those cases um, think they can proceed. And it may well be that given the complexities of a president-elect's time and, and everything else, that they'll get slowed down because of that. But I don't know that they'll come to a standstill uh, apart from whatever the merits and issues are with respect arising in each and every one of those cases. Bob, what, what does good management by a trial judge mean? Does it mean that Donald Trump doesn't have to testify, uh, that the case is, is, is drawn out? Uh, what's your perspective? No, well, I think it would start with the president's schedule, and I think great deference will be given to his schedule. You know, I, if he says, I can't be deposed on such and such a date because I have to travel to uh, Asia or or. You know, a major bill is on my desk. Uh, 
a court is going to give a great deal of, of deference uh, to that. Also, uh, I think, and uh, I'd be very interested in the professor's input on this, a court could look at other ways to get the, the new president's testimony. You know, he might say, well, uh, interrogatories or written questions and answers might be an alternative. Uh, I also understand, and I, I might be wrong on this because I haven't been following those cases, that he's already been deposed or questioned in, in at least one of them. And I could see a court saying, well, you know, you don't get two bites at this apple, especially under the circumstances. So I think case management might mean looking for alternatives to requiring the president to show up at a certain place, even if it's at the White House, to be deposed. Michael, one of the things that I find sort of odd about this is that these are all his private businesses, and he has now said that he wants to come up with some kind of blind trust for his businesses that his children would run, and putting that, putting aside whether that's a blind trust or not, how much can he actually be involved as president in these cases if they involve the finances of his private companies? Well, there, there are some overlapping issues here. I mean, um, uh, he he's going to need to put some... Uh, arm's length distance between himself and and his businesses of however we define them and and um and that's that is the way we've um, that's what the, the law and the practice that's pertaining to sort of presidential conduct has been and he'll have to huge hew uh, according to that line but the lawsuits may be a little different um in that they are being run by and managed by these different judges and have been filed um prior to his election and will presumably continue um uh, along as his presidency unfolds, um, and so I think his the extent to which he becomes involved takes us back to that question: um, where the case is procedurally, has he been deposed already, or what other alternatives might exist at that time? Sure, all those alternatives, written interrogatories, and other things are always available in any given case, and there are busy people involved in a lot of different cases. There's probably nobody busier than the president of the United States. So as a result, um, I think a court's going to have to look at what the you know, why people are asking for his time, and um, and even the extent to which perhaps people are beginning to use his new position as a way to try to to harass him. If that arises, uh, any good judge would stop it. Bob, uh, briefly, what, what about the prospect of settlement? Is it, you had trouble settling the the, the Paula Jones case? Um, is it realistic to think that uh, these cases might be settled? Who has the leverage? And, and we only have about thirty seconds, but perhaps we can continue the discussion in a moment. Well, this will all depend on Mr. Trump, President-to-be Trump, whether he wants to settle or, or not. Uh, I am sure, without knowing, that advisors to him would say, look, you want to get this stuff behind you. You don't want to be burdened with this when you've just taken over the reins of the country. Bob, Bob, let's pick up that, Bob, we're going to need to pick up that thought in just a moment. Bob, Bob, a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about the prospect of settlement. 
Um, I want to give you a chance to finish your answer and, and, and also ask, who has the leverage here? Is it, a, if I recall correctly, uh, when you were involved with, with the Paula Jones lawsuit, uh, she made some, some pretty significant demands of involving an apology and money. And I'm wondering whether in a case like this where a president needs a lawsuit to go away, uh, does the plaintiff inherently have uh, a lot of leverage? Uh, not necessarily, because one of the uh, concerns is if 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 President-elect Trump settles cases because he wants to get them behind him uh, and not interfere with his presidency, it's an invitation for lots of people to file suit. So uh, those advising him would would not want that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if you can reach a reasonable settlement on something, you know they might consider it. Uh, while we ultimately settled the Clinton case, we were very careful uh, as to when we settled it and, and the amount we settled for and the terms of the settlement were much more favorable than, than what we could have gotten uh, earlier on. Michael, you have lawsuits here involving fraud, involving libel, involving not paying fees to people who then couldn't get admitted to his club, and all sorts of other allegations, at least in the ones that seem more viable. But some of this is pretty serious stuff in terms of what's being alleged that Donald Trump and his companies did. If he's found libel, say, for fraud or something serious, what do Congress and the American people do with that? Well, that's a really good question. Um, so, um, I, I think the part, one thing they'll have to do, of course, is everybody's going to have to take a deep breath <laughs> um, and just try and uh, we'll have to deal with sort of the facts as they they occur and the and the particular issues that you're talking about sort of arise. If there is, but given all but given all that, um, as findings are made in a case, they will have a political impact. Um, that's one thing that will probably be. Uh, will happen. And so all the different parties, including the president, will have to deal with that political impact. A second thing then would be, depending upon what it is, how serious it is, um, may or may not raise issues for the president's sort of stature. Um, This is obviously going to lead us inevitably to the question about impeachment. Um, And I think impeachment depends on a lot of things, one of which has to do with what's the misconduct um, or what's the allegation or charge that's been made? What is its relevance for the office? how much do the American people know about it ahead of time. Um, Many of these things will cut against any movement towards impeachment. Um, You'd have to show a pretty clear link between serious misconduct and the president's current um, performance or or current conduct in office. And that's actually a fairly hard showing. Uh, So um, I think it would be very – we're going to begin with the unlikelihood that this would actually necessarily result in any movement within Congress unless you could somehow show, and it's a hard showing, that there was some kind of misconduct on the part of the president that um, people didn't know about and now seems to really impact on his current duties. Bob, over the course of the campaign, Donald Trump threatened to sue a lot of people, including news organizations and women who accused him of sexual misconduct. Is it uh, uh, fair to imagine that his advisors are are going to be encouraging him not to take those steps? Yes, I would think so. And I would think that he himself uh, would not want to proceed along those those tracks. But, you know, I I know him. I know Donald Trump. I don't know him 
I've uh, never discussed these kinds of issues with him, but uh, I would be surprised if he would initiate uh, litigation at this at this point in time. Okay, I want to thank our guests, Robert Bennett, partner at Hogan Lovells, and Michael Gerhardt, uh, law professor at the University of North Carolina.